I'm Miros Max. And I'm your co-host, Anna. And this is Geek Today. This week, we're going to discuss how J.R.R. Tolkien handles world-building in his acclaimed Middle-Earth saga. This episode took a while to get out because in preparation, I reread all of The Lord of the Rings and Anna reread The Hobbit. Um, before we have the intro song, Anna will start you off with a very, very um, famous quote from The Hobbit. In a hole in the ground there lived a hobbit. What a nasty, dirty, wet hole, filled with the ends of worms and an oozy smell. Nor yet a dry, bare, sandy hole with nothing to sit down on or to eat. It was a hobbit hole, and that means comfort. And with that starts the entire story that introduced us to the wonders of probably the most memorable high fantasy world of all time. Hope you enjoyed the first song. we are first introduced to a place called the hill which will later in the lord of the rings be called the shire which i think is a more creative name this place is largely inhabited by hobbits and what is a hobbit hobbits have no beards there is little or no magic about them except the ordinary everyday sort which helps them disappear quickly and quietly when large stupid folk like you and me come blundering along making noise like elephants which they can hear from a mile off. They are inclined to be fat in the stomach. They dress in bright colours, chiefly green and yellow, wear no shoes because their feet grow natural leathery soles and thick warm brown hair like the stuff on their heads, which is curly, have long brown fingers, good natured faces and laugh, deep fruity laughs, especially after dinner, which they have twice a day when they can get it. The next place that we are introduced to is the Hidden Valley of Rivendale that has a new race. The elves. The elves are pretty different from the elves in the Lord of the Rings. This is just a passage of what they do. So they laughed and sang in the trees, and pretty fair nonsense at death, say you think. Not that they would care, they would only laugh all the more if you told them so. Here it says that the elves are pretty happy creatures, and like a bit of fun. The hidden valley of Rivendale is described as a two-faced area with beautiful bogs that will drown you and beautiful little rivers that you can hop over but that will drown you. There's a lot of drowning happening in this area as well as some ravines that are about as thick as the rivers but are so deep that if you fall down you will not survive it. It is a very beautiful place but it is also a very dangerous place. So like most of Middle-earth, first some of it is not beautiful but most of it is very dangerous other than the Shire. Yes, the Shire is one of the least dangerous places, as well as I've learned from the Lord of the Rings movies. The Shire is, yeah, it, they're probably not as good as the, the books. books, but the Lord of the Ring movies do make some beautiful scenes, which I was very um, surprised that it was filmed in New Zealand. It is! And you know, uh, fun fact, they remade in New Zealand a hotel, which basically are the Hobbit holes. Oh, that's so cute. But... Back to what we were talking about. Rivendale is the home before the Misty Mountains of where the last homely house is. 
the last homely house is what it sounds like, the last house that is inhabited and homely until the lonely mountains and a little beyond. The lonely mountains, or the lonely mountain, in the misty mountains, is where Smaug, or I always thought, Smog. I always thought he was called Smog, lives. They think that he's sleeping on the gold that he has stolen from the dwarves that lived there a long time ago and were wonderful craftsmen, were very rich, had a lot of gold. Well, I hear there have been some troubles between the dwarves and the elves. What about that? I'm, I haven't learned much about it, but that the elves tease the dwarves a lot. And there was actually a passage where an elf um, taunts Thorin on his long beard and not having it soaked in the water while they are crossing a river. So I found that a little bit mean, but I have not gone into the history of why this is so. And of course, are there any men in The Hobbit? Not, like humans? not so far yet. I'm not quite sure about Gandalf, but in Lord of the Rings he is a wizard and he gets, spoiler alert, reborn. So I doubt he is a man, but so far there have only been elves and hobbits and dwarves and whatever Gandalf is, and trolls. And there's been much speak of goblins. I hear you've written here in the plans. You want to talk about the little touches? Yes. There are a lot of little touches that Tolkien uses to just make his story come to life. Like the hobbits, having second breakfast and tea and dinner and supper just to add a little bit of finesse to his work. Also the fact that trolls, that when the sun touches them, they turn into stone. You mean when sunlight touches them? Yes, not when the sun touches <laughs> them. I hope the sun does not come down to earth very soon. I mean, of course, the thing is, the little touches need to be added in most books to make the world believable. Yes, and also the little touches like from the real world, when a pony gets spooked by a noise and they lose most of their provisions, it is a touch that makes you be able to connect this from the real world to Middle Earth because it has some scenarios that are the same. So after a quick middle song, which I hope you guys enjoyed, we will be discussing for most of the episode now about The Lord of the Rings, which has a lot and a lot more content. Definitely, and it is not as... It's not written for children as The Hobbit is, so it has a little bit more bloodshed and is a longer series, so we'll see you then. Hope you enjoy.
Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed our song, and hopefully it's not too loud in the background. This is going to be our first section about the Lord of the Rings, which is going to be about the world and how it differs from the world of the Hobbit. While there's still a Shire and Rivendell, it's a lot more developed. There's actually you can tell the places outside of the Shire, like the woods, and there's a lot more in general because they travel across almost the entire country. There's Mordor, Gondor, Rohan, Wood. So there's a lot more stuff that's not in the Hobbit, and that also means that a lot more races. Like there aren't any just normal humans in the Hobbit, but that they play a quote-unquote key role in Lord of the Rings, as in like. A lot of the main characters there are human, but they're not like the hobbits, or they're not as powerful as the magical creatures like dwarves or elves. Well, I think the hobbits are the most useless of them all. Yeah, they're kind of dumb. Well, they do have tough skin apparently, so they're, they're like, and they're more sneaky, so they're just better than humans as well. And sure. Yes, yeah, so they can dodge attacks. And they can really effectively swim, as we know from Sam. <laughs> I nearly drowned it. Maybe Sam just can't swim, Emma. Well, on a different note, how about we talk about how he creates his world? Because I heard that actually he, since a child, Tolkien enjoyed making his own like, secret code languages, and apparently he actually made the languages of Middle Earth before he made the races. So he made the languages, and based on how they sounded, he created the races for the languages instead of the languages for the races. I would interject that he didn't quite create the races because elves and dwarves existed before Tolkien, but probably dwarvish, not dwarf-ish, sounded like it fitted dwarves in the way that Tolkien imagined dwarves. So he put dwarves there, he didn't invent dwarves. Because I actually don't know, because back then elves and dwarves were like little Christmas elves or dwarves. I don't is I don't know if he's actually the first. If maybe he's the first one to actually think of like kind of fantasy elves and fantasy dwarves. We think of. I have a feeling there was probably someone before him, but someone probably less well known. Yeah. So Tolkien really created that in the public eye, right? What's nice is that the, the interactions and the history between the races and the different languages. There's elves and dwarves don't like each other. And of course you can tell this because they are very strongly opposed, not only are they strongly opposed that the party enters Lorien, but they're especially opposed that Gimli, the dwarf, enters Lorien because, well, it's one of the great elven cities and there's been definitely um, some history, some conflict history between the dwarves and the elves. And of course there's all the different interactions, the different people, like men, and how their big cities interact. But one thing that I actually find very interesting is that, so Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings as part of his way of coping for uh, his PTSD from World War One, And you can see that the messages definitely, like war is always bad in the Lord of the Rings. Like, it never ends up being good. And maybe Tolkien doesn't like racism because of what you just talked about with the elves and the dwarves. Yeah, just these, like, interactions are very nice to see. And, like, you can tell 
the history. And I mean, I like the way it's also told, right? The backstory, they don't take away from the action or anything. The thing is like, you can have this very intense scenes and it's really right in the moment. And then afterwards when there's downtime, let's say Aragorn sings a song and then from that you can pick up like some history and you can tell like more about what's happened and it really enriches the experience and doesn't take away from the experience otherwise. In The Hobbit, you also learn from the song that the dwarves sing a little bit about their mission and also how the interactions between Bilbo and the dwarves and his thoughts, also his thoughts about being called a burglar. In the end, he sort of just accepts his status <laughs> as burglar. This is um, gonna, this was part one of our series of maybe starting like a Lord of the Rings series, maybe with some theories, maybe with some more in-depth analysis of certain places, certain races. And characters, maybe? Yeah, and this is like just a general basis. When you can listen to this, you'll probably be able to get most of what we're gonna say um, in the future. Uh, if you guys like these book analysis podcasts, maybe like, the book analysis series analysis could maybe do some shows some movies maybe uh make sure to subscribe to it and download all the episodes because that's the only way we can see that you guys are actually enjoying it and listening um and also we'll be doing lockwood and co next once we meet 25 downloads on this episode or 200 downloads on the podcast in general um for the song acknowledgements all of the songs were from the original lord of the rings soundtrack by howard shore and we will be having the main lord of the rings theme as the outro hope you guys enjoyed it this was geek today hope we see you next time bye